the KCUR studios, I'm Suzanne Hogan. And I'm Cody Newell. And this is Question Quest. We're setting out to find landmarks. Oddities. Legends. All the curious things in the Midwest that make you wonder, what's up with that? We'll put them in two decks of cards, shuffle them up, and take turns each week sending each other on a quest to find out the answer. Okay, Suzanne, so you're about to embark on your second quest. Pick a card. Okay. What? The Belton Octagon. Nearly 3,000 feet across, this octagonal plot of land outside of Belton, Missouri, is the source of a lot of internet speculation. What is going on in this octagon? What? I've never heard of this. So I had never heard of this until very recently, and I don't know very much about it at all. Okay. How did you hear about it? (laughs) Through uh, Reddit, which is the most magical place for mysteries. People were saying that it was either a crop circle, some place where UFOs had set down. Other people had suggested that maybe there was some sort of like either industrial or like military stuff going on there at some point. Okay, cool. I'm really excited for this one because it's weird. <laughs> it is weird. It's very strange. And it's very mysterious. And it's, it's like a perfect octagon too. That's also a crazy thing to me. So before you go off on your quest, let's take care of a little business. Do you know your legislators? And do you know the major issues in your state? Well, we're not going to answer those questions here, but if you head over to a different KCUR Studios podcast, Statehouse Blend, they're going to answer those questions for Missouri and Kansas. You can join hosts Brian Ellison and Sam Zeff as they talk with politicians over coffee and donuts and talk about the issues in each statehouse. That's Statehouse Blend on iTunes or Google Play. All right, back to the quest. I love science fiction, so already my mind is spinning with ideas about this octagon. But I try not to get too Fox Mulder from the get-go, and I reel myself in. Really, there's probably a reasonable and simple explanation for all of this. Of course. You've got a little bit of Mulder and Scully in you. I think everybody has a little bit of that. I look at the Google Maps image of the octagon and start to think about the last time I was on a plane, and what the ground looks like from above. The roads, circles, and squares of the landscape how they look like a giant quilt covering the earth. And it got me thinking, a lot of people make things that are intended to be viewed from this perspective. Just count numbers of rows and stuff so you get the size of it, right? Gene Hansen has counted a lot of bean rows to spell out different messages or make designs. I do fly. I have my own home-built airplane. And I thought, well, I'm going to go up and see what this thing looks like. And uh, and I'll be darned. It just, I I was really surprised myself how well it turned out. He's referring to his most popular piece, the one he did that made international news. After Prince died, he plowed the iconic Prince symbol into his field. Rest in peace. Just little old Gene Hansen in Hedgley, North Dakota, you know, doing something out in the field just to play around with, and all of a sudden here you're, you're known all over the world, basically, just from that little symbol. Obviously a message like Happy Mother's Day or GOP Get Your Act Together 
project a clear message and meaning. Those are some other things that Gene has plowed into his bean fields. And the print symbol means something to you when you see it. But what do other symbols and shapes mean when you see them? What could an eight-sided polygon near a small town in Missouri possibly mean? So, Cody, are you very good at math? Uh, I can hang, I think. <laughs> what was your best subject in school? Probably English. Okay, so we're going to do a little bit of geometry. Oh, God. Ooh. Is that a, what is that, a, a compass? You got a protractor? <laughs> I do. And a compass and some graph paper. Okay. So finding meanings and how geometric shapes are used in art, architecture, and nature is called sacred geometry. And it can get into some pretty bizarre and mystical realms. But I want you to follow Professor Paul Coulter's instructions. He has more of a mathematical approach. He's written a lot about this stuff. You have a pencil and paper in front of you? I, I do have a piece of paper and a pencil. Okay, draw a square. And you all listening at home can do this too, even if you don't have a compass or all the fancy tools that I got, Cody. Like how big? How many boxes? It can be as many boxes as you want. Just draw a square. Uh, got it. All right. And draw the two diagonals, corner the corner. Okay. So basically you should have a square with an X going through it that marks the center, right? I do. Put the point on one corner, and then open it up so that the pencil tip goes through the center. Okay. So it's open to half the diagonal. And with that setting, swing an arc all the way from one side to another. All right. I got it, I think. And where the arc cuts those sides, make a dot. Uh, so wait, are we going all the way? Sure, you can. Okay. But really the point is about that point right there where your pencil is crossing over to join the square. There you go. Now do that again from every corner. Oh, from every corner. So you wind up with eight dots. You with me? Yes. Okay. Connect the eight dots and you'll get a perfect octagon. I did it. Yay. This construction is called a sacred cut construction. And also if you swing that compass all the way around, you have essentially four larger circles at each corner of the square. Wow. All right. Yeah, that was cool. So Professor Paul Coulter says a Danish engineer, Tons Bruns, was the person who called this construction the sacred cut construction. And that's because it contains both squares and circles. The sacred cut unites what is believed to be the earthly and divine. The square usually represents the earthly because of the square corners mimicking uh, the way we build buildings and lay out roads, everything is square and orthogonal. The circle is often used to represent heaven or the infinite or the irrational, continuous, without end, no corners. Paul says that the sacred cut construction is seen in a lot of ancient art and architecture. And he says there are also practical reasons why octagons could have been used a lot in these constructions, because it was an easy way to ensure proportions without having to do calculations. All you would need is a straight edge and a compass, and you could just drive pegs in and swing arcs. So if somebody made the belt and octagon shape on purpose, what do you think they'd be trying to say, Cody? There are a lot of people nowadays who seem real into like the Illuminati conspiracy kind of thing and that's like sort of the vibe that I was getting at least from the subreddit of people being like I don't know what's up with this but it's this crazy octagon and it's out in the middle of nowhere and it could be just all these crazy things like that was that was the vibe that I got or 
I was actually kind of hoping that like the person that was there that made it was like this weirdo who's real into that stuff. So I was thinking maybe the person who made this octagon in Belton had all these sacred geometry ideas in mind and maybe they were a philosopher, an architect, mathematician, or maybe even just a quilter. So the octagon is about 184 acres, and it's surrounded by a square of roads. And just north of the octagon, there's what looks like a runway, you know, for airplanes. Mm -hmm. And if you take the Google Maps setting off where you see the trees and terrain, like just have it in the map form, there's an airplane symbol near the octagon, and it says Robinson. So I call the number listed next to it. And an elderly man answers, who's really hard of hearing. And he tells me I should just drive out to the property and meet him. So we are entering Belton, Missouri. The octagon is a little bit of a ways south of town, and I pass by a lot of farms. And at this point, Cody, I'm thinking this guy on the phone is probably an old pilot. He's probably into art and shapes, and he just wanted to do something different with his field. End of story. But that is not what ends up happening. Well, what happened? Well, I got there, and I was right. He was an old pilot, but he didn't want to be recorded or go on the record with anything. I hung out with him and his family for many hours, and they took me to see the perimeter of the octagon, which is all fenced off. But all you can see on the other side of the fence is trees, and you can only access the octagon by going through their private property. But yeah, they didn't want to talk on tape. But what they do confirm is who owns the octagon. And that is... The United States government. I knew it! Illuminati, chemtrails, everything! No. <laughs> so they are not big fans of having the octagon as their neighbor, but that's as much as I can really say. Also, I hear from other neighbors who also don't want to be identified that there's frequent helicopter traffic in and out of the octagon. What? So we leave the area with still no real answers. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, my head is kind of swimming right now. It's really hot outside. I'm really hungry. Stuck behind a garbage truck. I stop on Old Main Street in the town of Belton, and I go to Terrace Cafe and Malt Shop to refuel. That is a really good limeade. Then I walk down the street and meet up with Rob and Pam Powell from the Belton Historical Society. Do y'all know about an octagon? Pam asks some of the museum volunteers about the Belton octagon, but they have no idea. She also doesn't know anything about it, but she does know a lot about the history of Belton. I can find a quick map of town. She pulls out a book that was put together for the town centennial back in 1972. If you look at this symbol for the centennial. And Cody, I want you to see this logo. Let's see it. So it's a circle, and at the top it says Belton, Missouri, and then inside the circle there's a square, but it's shifted 45 degrees to the side, and it represents how the town is laid out. And I'll tell you more about that in just a minute. But on the left, there's a drawing of a train, and it says Proud Past. And then on the right side, there are two airplanes, and it says Bright Future. The train is why Belton's here. And because the track really is, uh, you know, just a straight line through town, they made their town not a square, but more like a diamond. So and. People love to say, there is no way to find north in town. <laughs> so basically, the town's streets are set up like a grid surrounded by a square of main roads. But it's all offset to the side, the train tracks kind of marking the center. And I'll admit, 
for a small town, I got surprisingly lost a few times. So the streets don't go north and south. It's like if you go up North Main Street, you're actually going northwest. Okay, so everything's just shifted a little bit, huh? Is that rare? Not in Belton. <laughs> it's, uh, the reason there's a lot of traffic accidents, too. <laughs> the people come out here and they want to turn left, so they, they're doing a 107... Well, a 210-degree turn from here to here. Yeah, that's not a turn you usually want to make. <laughs> it's really interesting to think that this town from above also has its own unique geometry. And I wonder if it has anything to do with the octagon. But the Powells don't know anything about that. They say when Belton was founded with these diagonal streets, farming and the railroad were the big things. But in the 1950s, when Richard Skabauer Air Force Base opened, it changed everything. Everybody was looking at the sky because all of a sudden there were uh, jets in the air. And uh, that was the beginning of the uh, Richard Skabauer Air Force Base. And that really changed the town. It brought in a lot more people to the area. And Rob says his school basically doubled in size. I talked to some other old Air Force guys about this place, and they tell me the base, which was around for almost 40 years, kind of had a funny nickname. They called it Dickie Goober. That's a silly name. But yeah, it eventually closed in 1994. So the Belton Octagon is about 10 miles away from where the Richard Skabauer base was. But I think that they're probably connected in some way. I put an information request to the United States Army, the Air Force, the EPA, the Air Force Historical Agency, the Army Corps of Engineers, the Reserves. Man, I feel kind of bad that you had to call those people. <laughs> it can be difficult to identify the correct agency sometimes with these things, but I find out that the Octagon was originally part of the Air Force Base, even though it is a few miles away from it. But when the Air Force Base closed in 1994, it got reassigned to be used as a military training area. As more and more people got back to me and after navigating through a complicated web, I eventually found the person who could tell me what the octagon was being used for back in the day and what was happening with it now. Belton is was just an old Air Force site of the radar communication area that they just they disposed of and, and uh, gave to the Army Reserves. This is Michael Bryant. He tells me the Octagon area was used as an off-site radar and radio station for Richard Skabauer. And he says that was pretty common for these stations to be put 10 miles away from like an actual runway. Michael is the director of plans for the training for the 88th Regional Support Command. The, the Army is kind of a noisy thing at times. Michael is in charge of 14 local training areas, Belton being one of them. And he says they're used as training areas for reserve soldiers on the weekends. At the Belton site, there are 500 people, civilian soldiers in the area, that can use it as a place for training. So practice convoy operations go on there. Uh, it's a big flat area, so the, the units can go out there and do field training exercises. He says they're not firing weapons or storing ammunition. They do things like sling load trainings, which involve using helicopters, and they do simulated trainings about how to deal with IEDs, which are used as roadside bombs. Michael says that they do these things so that they'll be prepared. If, uh, heaven forbid, if something happened to the KC area, uh, like a terrorist attack or something like that, you know, FEMA would come in, kind of like the hurricanes that are going on now. Well, they'll need a staging area. Uh, and if they need support from the Army Reserve, those troops are there to help them. And the staging area could be the Belton local training area. And all of this stuff is really fascinating. 
and not at all what I was expecting. Not what I was expecting either. But there's still that burning question. Why is it in the shape of an octagon? Right. The stop sign, that's what we call it. Michael says he's been asked that question so many times. And he says none of the other training areas are that shape. What? And he's tried to find out the answer. So I uh, never, ever got the answer, and I look for that, uh, why it's in that shape, but it's kind of unique. But I can't let it rest. So I ask Paul Coulter, our sacred geometry expert, and I tell him everything I learned about how it was used by the Air Force as an off-site radar station, and then how it changed hands, and how it's now used as a local training area. I'm racking my brain here, Susan, but I, I can't think of any, uh, any reason why. Uh, it was somebody just chose this shape. Maybe someone just chose a shape. Man, I would have thought there'd be some reason, like some advantage to that. Maybe. I just could not find the answer. I'm still fulfilled, though. You went through so much work, and I'm, I'm glad that we know what's going on. So I didn't fail my quest? No, not a failure at all. Okay, good. <laughs> Thanks, Cody. That means a lot to me. I'm sure it does. So we end this episode with some trivia. I'm getting it this time. A polygon with eight sides is called an octagon. And a polygon with 16 sides, double that, is called a hexadecagon. What do you call a polygon with 1,000 sides? A, a myriagon. B, a chiliagon. C, an icosagon. D, a didiagon. So a myriagon, a chiliagon, an icosagon, or a didiagon. Which one has 1,000 sides? I'm going with D, didiagon. No, I made that up. Fuck! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> and all the other answers are actual shapes. So a myriagon has 10,000 sides. A chiliagon, the correct answer, has 1,000 sides. And an icosagon has 20. Ugh, man. Never going to get any of these right. <laughs> that was a hard one. That's all right, Cody. I also still am proud of you. <laughs> all right, that's it. Thanks for listening to Question Quest. If you have some ideas for places you want us to explore, send us an email. It's questionquest at kcur.org. Get in touch with us, and we'll put your ideas into our decks. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Cody Newell, and our show is at QQ underscore podcast. Music this week is by Prince, Cyrus, Diva93, and Suzanne. Our producers are Sylvia Maria Gross and Brianna O'Higgins. I'm Cody Newell, and you're Suzanne Hogan. Yep. Tune in next week. <laughs>